Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. We are determined to get a range of voices from the Afghan perspective. Uh, now, Obaidullah Bahir is a very interesting man, so interesting he's able to get articles into The Guardian, even though his grandfather was one of the founders of the Mujahideen. Uh, Hekmatyar was his grandfather. His father is uh, still a very important person, uh, pro-Taliban uh, voice uh, inside Afghanistan. But uh, Obedullah Bahir has a different perspective. But he's determined to stay in his country. He hasn't given up on Afghanistan yet. And he joins us now on the mother of old talk shows. Uh, thank you so much, sir, uh, for joining us. Um, you wrote in The Guardian that uh, whilst your father had welcomed the glorious victory uh, of the Taliban, that you yourself were not so sure. I wonder if you're any more or less sure uh, now, this evening, as you were when you wrote the piece. How's it looking from your standpoint? Thank you, Mr. Galloway, for having me on your show. A big fan. I'm going to try to do better than the African connection that you had earlier, but it's Afghanistan, so nothing is very predictable. Um, look, I reckon that the, if you contrast it with what was going through our heads a day or two before the fall or during the fall compared to where we are right now, um, if nothing else, at least the killing has stopped to a major extent. The um, scale of fighting that was happening throughout Afghanistan, that has stopped. Our major fear was that they were going to start bombing Kabul. They were going to try and take Kabul by force, which would necessarily be a repeat of the 90s. And that wasn't a world we were prepared for because our families were here. Um, that being said, there are obviously downsides to it as well. And um, you waver with regards to um, your, your motivation and your conviction to your cause because uh, you wake up high-spirited and then you hear things, you see things that break your spirit. Um, but we're trying. I mean, like even with universities today, the Taliban formed their Higher Education Commission. They had their minister appointed as well yesterday. And they said that they're going to let women get educated, but classes are going to be segregated and there will only be female faculty teaching the female students. We don't have female faculty. The two, uh, the one Afghan private university that I lecture at does not have a single female faculty in our department. So I don't know how that model is going to work. So we're going to try and reach out to them and convince them that if it's really the physical uh, presence of a male teacher that is the problem, we could teach them online as well. 
Um, and there has to be a way around it because this is like saying no, they might just as well tell them to sit at home if they're not going to have faculty teaching them. Ontology is important, isn't it? So let's try and define uh, the Taliban. Uh, there is a qualitative difference, is there not, between a national resistance movement, albeit uh, one motivated by Islam, uh, like the Taliban, and the pan-Islamist with ambitions to fly their black flag all over the world, from Buckingham Palace to, uh, to Pennsylvania Avenue included. Uh, so the Taliban and ISIS and Al-Qaeda are not the same thing, are they? No, they aren't. Actually, there's a lot of uh, literature as well that uh, segregates and divides, categorizes these people uh, with regards to jihadi Salafist groups as well. There are jihadi Salafist groups that really care for um, near enemies, others care for far enemies. Uh, with regards to an emirate, an emirate by definition is an Islamic state. Uh, within one country and it, it limits itself to that border. But once you declare a caliphate, which is what the Islamic State did, um, you're basically all over the world and everyone has to come and give you a pledge of allegiance. So that basically negates the movements of Al-Qaeda, negates the movements of the Taliban. Um, with regards to the Taliban and Al-Qaeda as well, there is a very long history there. There, is, there are familial ties, ties there. Um, obviously, the Taliban, if they act rationally, there is an incentive to limit the movements and activity of Al-Qaeda within Afghanistan. But it's really um, scary as well as interesting to see how the Taliban would use their own expertise in battle and the same sort of headache they were giving the regime as to how they would handle another element that is the ISIS movement um, and how they would deal with them. Uh, again, the asymmetry of capabilities is very off here with regards to the Taliban were very strong, very well equipped compared to the Republic. Uh, as well, ISIS isn't really that big in Afghanistan, or ISK, uh, to be more precise, isn't really that strong, that deeply rooted within Afghanistan, it has a lot of foreign fighters. It's just the fear was that if the Taliban had negotiated a, 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 a more political settlement, um, the Taliban fighters that would have thought that their cause was betrayed, they would have turned to ISIS. Then ISIS or ISK would have been a much bigger problem. So right now it's something controllable. It's just that there was a huge security vacuum and it was a collective failure on everyone's parts as to what happened at the airport. Um, so we'll have to wait and see as to whether the Taliban really take their governance role seriously, whether they can administer this country, because right now they have armed people with turban pushing people around in the city, and that's not how policing is done, uh, not through battle-hardened fighters. Uh, you don't really expect them to understand how uh, the protocols or procedures of policing work. Um, they've called back the traffic police, which is a good sign, um, and I hope they can call back or re-establish the police uh, institution uh, within Afghanistan. Now, the talk was uh, in the first couple of days uh, that quite well-known international figures uh, like the former president Hamid Karzai, the uh, foreign minister as was Abdullah Abdullah, that they would, as it were, provide the lipstick uh, on the new Taliban power uh, in Kabul. Where do we stand with all that now? 
Well, my grandfather was part of that coordination committee that was formed. It was very ad hoc. It was done last minute when Kabul fell. Um, and the concept was that they knew that the Taliban really needed a more formal uh, transfer of power if they had any hope of gaining international legitimacy, which was one reason the Taliban didn't want to enter Kabul, because if they took Kabul by force, they lost that chance of legitimacy, um, the warning that was given to them by Troika plus one multiple times. Um, but when they realized there was a security vacuum that the police had disintegrated, if the dogs are bothering you too much, I can close the window. Not at all. No, no. Okay. Um, as long as they're not the dogs of war. Yeah. No, as in they don't have anything better to do at night, so um, they just go crazy at each other. Um, so with regards to that, there was uh, this need, and the Taliban didn't want to march into Kabul, but once the security vacuum had been created and the military dis disintegrated after the president fled, um, you had uh, a lot of people looting uh, houses and, and, and taking people's cars and guns, and so that lawlessness forced the Taliban to march in. Um, with regards to what that committee has done so far, the Taliban have been using that as a front to say that they're taking time to create a more inclusive setup. The idea is that the takeover of Afghanistan, the blitz happened so quick that it was a surprise to the Taliban as well. So the Taliban really don't have a plan. At least they didn't have it when Kabul fell to them, which meant that they had to really rush their homework um, and try to come up with something. We hear that Mullah Khunzada, the emir of... Uh, this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Taliban movement is apparently in Kandahar now. Mullah Brother has gone there as well. They're having consultation. With regards to what the political system would look like, I guess, just like you said, there would be some um, facade of inclusivity. Um, but at the end of the day, they don't have any reason to share power because uh, they came to power through a total victory. And you don't really see many groups sharing power uh, at sub from such a position of strength. Except it would be quite important and from my point of view, as long as the Taliban are not allowing Afghanistan to become again a base for the other kind of Islamists that we talked about earlier, the pan-Islamic uh, um, jihadists who wish to spread their ideology everywhere and are prepared to use violence to do so, as long as the Taliban does not permit Afghanistan to become again a haven for such people. There's no reason in principle, I stress 
in principle why international recognition and trade and aid and so on uh, cannot be uh, concluded uh, with the government in Kabul. And for that to happen, uh, obviously the presence of Karzai and uh, people like him would be valuable to them. So what would be in it for Karzai, Abdullah Abdullah, what would be in it for them to be a facade for uh, the Taliban? Look, there isn't much to gain, Mr. Galloway. At this point, um, the war is lost. The Taliban have won a total victory. Uh, so anything that comes their way is better than nothing. Uh, in a situation where there was actually talk in an article on New York uh, Times, I think, that said that the Taliban had uh, disarmed the guards of uh, Hamid Karzai, and he was living now in Abdullah Abdullah's house. So um, they have that, they can go to those extremes. With regards to international recognition and legitimacy, it's a very difficult balancing act because the moment they strip the Taliban off any legitimacy, there are a few things that happen. A, the brunt of it is, is suffered by the common poor Afghan man, the economy, and so on and so forth. The other is you push the Taliban towards different patrons, so they will turn towards China, towards Russia, and then you lose all control. Um, on the other end, giving legitimacy to easy would be problematic as well, because that undermines our cause, where we are trying to negotiate a social life, a social structure, a society within Afghanistan that can be sustainable. And if the international community really doesn't condition its legitimacy on anything, it becomes very problematic for us to raise our voices, because we would need these people's uh, continuing legitimacy. So again, legitimacy isn't like it can be given once and that's it. It can be revoked, sanctions can be reinstated. All of those are options and leverages that the international community, the United States and its allies have, um, and they really have to use it. So with regards to inclusivity, I guess um, it's just that these people want to stay here, um, especially with regards to Karzai and Abdullah Abdullah, and they do realize that the inclusivity will demand that they will have some semblance of power. But at the core of it, uh, we are looking towards an autocracy. It is the Emirate, just with a different name and a different brand. Um, and that's our uh, our sad reality. Like you could you could we could moan about it, we could cry over it, but this is it. It's happened. Now it's about how we deal with it, which is where me staying here uh, starts. Because if I turn my back, like uh, like a lot of people who had genuine security reasons to leave the country. Um, it'll just create an echo chamber, and we don't want the Taliban staying in an echo chamber because if they keep doing what they're doing, they will end up being pariahs, they will end up becoming a fragile state, and fragile states are breeding grounds for insurgencies and, and pan-Islamist groups, like you said. Uh, will your uh, bloodline protect you from, uh, from harm? We must hope so. I, I noted you wrote about the traffic cop who, uh, who pulled you over and and then uh, uh, ask God to bless you. Was that because of whose grandson you are? I mean, will you be safe to stay? Will you be able to speak, to write? 
Uh, well, obviously, um, I, my stance doesn't fall in line with what my family stands for. And But that being said, I am afforded a certain level of safety net because of whose family I belong to, and maybe the Taliban wouldn't rush into being on the back, bad books of that family. But no, most of my interactions with the Taliban have been as a common Afghan. I just wear my suit and tie and um, when I come out of a meeting, the Taliban have stopped me and they're, they're pleasantly surprised when I meet them um, culturally. I understand the nuance of the culture. I've grown up in a political family. That's basically the ABCs that you're taught. Um, so it's shocking to them. And it's, it's a pleasant surprise to me as well, because these people are well behaved. Well, let's, uh, a... I'll tell you what, let's hope, uh, doctor, uh, that the uh, surprises continue to be pleasant. And I hope you'll stay in touch with the show. It's been most interesting talking to you. Thank you for having me, Mr. Galloway. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.